everybody, welcome to Anime Stroganoff. I am Lilith. And I am Eli. And today we're talking about Matsui the Sacred Slayer. The only original anime produced by White Fox, according to my anime list. But first, recap. Uh, this week, I watched, finally watched Wolf of Wall Street. Very nice, very nice. Good movie. Long movie, but good movie. Well, That's good. good movie. Uh, when people say how Leonardo DiCaprio got snubbed of an of another Oscar, yet another Oscar for Wolf of Wall Street, yeah. I kind of just got to point out, Dallas Buyers Club came out in the exact same year. Like a lot of really good movies came out in that year. Is that his curse? <laughs> that good movies will always come out the same year that his movies come out. <laughs> it's a curse of De Niro. Fair enough. Or or is it Scorsese? I can uh, never remember. Keep them apart. He only I think it's Scorsese. He only like releases films, like really good films in years when other really good films get released. So it's very hard for him to win Oscars. That's that's rough. But uh, yeah, good movie. I rewatched Starship Troopers. Good movie. I rewatched Hardcore Henry. Good movie. Um, I binge watched all of Gallivant. Interesting. Gallivant. I'm not, I'm not super familiar with that. Was a TV show made in 2015. I think the second season was 2016, but made in 2015. It ran on ABC. It was basically literally just filler. Like, they needed to fill uh, a time slot. And at this point, ABC was deciding that they wanted to be experimental. So they greenlit a lot of things that probably shouldn't have been greenlit. And this was one of them. It's <laughs> literally just a musical. Okay. Uh, I want you to imagine the same sort of chaotic energy from those CK2 commercials with like the seven deadly sins yes i want you to imagine that but full 22 minute episodes and they're musicals i love it <laughs> averaging like three and a half songs per episode i love it it's amazing <laughs> <laughs> but uh I might, yeah i might have to check that out <laughs> gallivant nice That was my week. Alright, uh, let's see. My last week... Ugh. I spent I spent the first part trudging through Matsui, which I will get to. Um, but I finished that ahead of time, and so I was able to get started on, uh, on some other stuff. Uh, let's see, I watched first episode of Witchblade. How's uh how's that? What is that? That's that's the one where the lady has a bracelet that turns her uh into a stripper made of swords. Go on. Yeah, uh not much to say about Witchblade right right now. It's, it's 
it's it's a thing. <laughs> it's certainly a thing. And besides that, I've been watching, uh, I've been watching through Tokyo ESP. Hmm. How's which that? Which is that sounds like something I've vaguely heard of before. Uh, I've I've been talking about it to you over Discord. <laughs> you have. <laughs> yeah. Remember the thing with the flying penguin? Oh, that's that one? That's that? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's the one where the... So a girl gets the ability to phase through matter. And she uses it to become a superhero. And she got her powers because a flying goldfish flew through her. A flying goldfish through... A flying goldfish flew through her. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It also features a side. It features a secondary character, like this, basically a second protagonist who's a teleporter. So, that's cool. Resisting the urge to make a teleporter joke there. Oh, I was setting you up for one. <laughs> One didn't come to mind. Oh, that's a shame. I was going to ask, is she a horny 13-year-old? But No, he's like... Uh, he's a weirdo in high school who wears uh, a crow mask. Is he Bruce Lee's kid? Maybe. That, that was not even close to being funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I... Anyways, uh, let's see. That's the that's the main anime I've been watching this week. But I've been reading a bunch of manga because uh, we we got started talking about manga. We last did. week, I think. I think we did. We I think we were talking about Yuri manga last time. We were talking. About, we weren't talking about it on the podcast. No, we talked about it afterwards. I think we were just like looking through manga decks. Yes. For for anything. Well, in any case, I've been reading a bunch of that, so... Just catching up on stuff. Reading some bad Yuri that you recommended me. And good Yuri. <laughs> and good Yuri. Just has, it has to roll downhill. It's recommended to me, then I have to share the pain. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I watched a... I, I read a pretty good, uh... Symphogear Dojin. Right, I reread World of Moral Reversal, and I read Looking Up to Magical Girls twice this week. <laughs> that's that's the one that I shared you, uh, that has the uh, the girl with the tiny gun that summons a bunch of other guns. Vaguely recall. I believe your response was sauce. I gave you the sauce. Hang on. I'm starting to remember this conversation more clearly. I can find it. I gotta find it. Ah, here we go. No sauce then. You you looked at it. Quote, etchy, quote, smut, quote, 9.14 stars. Adds to read later. (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, it's re- it's, it's really good. <laughs> it is also really weird because the artist's only other uh, work that I can find is a wholesome like cooking manga. I like me some wholesome cooking manga. Well, it's more about eating food than cooking the food, but it's it's a it's a food manga, <laughs> and it's complete. But yeah. So some other stuff. Oh yeah, that one, uh, with the uh, with the dude who finds his wife reincarnated oh, as a ten-year-old. <laughs> That was that was a fun fun read. I I ducked out of there at like mm. chapter four. <laughs> chapter two. <laughs> yeah, I mean I was done with that after chapter one. It works great as a one shot. Anything past that, you're in dangerous territory. <laughs> right about the time, the dude was complaining about how they raised the raised the age of marriage from oh, sixteen yeah, that. to eighteen, so he has to wait eight years to marry this ten year old girl. At that point, I'm like, yeah, no, I don't need to know where this is going. Yeah, uh, <laughs> apparently it gets tragic in the end, or like I they draw care. it out. I yeah, I don't care either. But the spectacle, the spectacle of the of the badness. Anyways, love me some terrible manga slash anime, and. We all know, know you do. Yeah, but I don't know. Maybe Matsui is the exception. <laughs> I don't know if it's bad or if it's good. In I, I'm not sure which way I'm going to... I don't, I'm not sure which way the needle falls on this one. This is... Let's get started. Let's get started. Let's get started. Okay. So, Matsui the Sacred Star, like I said, it is White Fox's only original work that I can find. As far as I know, this is their only original work. Everything else they do is an adaptation. And very importantly, all the adaptations they do are fairly, you know, dark-toned. Yeah. You got Steins Gate, Arforetta, ReZero... Goblin Slayer. Goblin Slayer. All, all this other shit. But Matsui is just a magical girl anime. Maybe. That's it. They wanted to try something different. Maybe. But it's also important because let me double check. Let me just double check real quick. Uh, yeah, this show came out in 2016. So this is a post-Madoka magical girl anime. But it is not descended from Madoka. I mean, maybe a little bit, considering the protagonist has pink hair, but... I don't but, think that counts. Well, it's it's kind of because she's like it's her final wish is like to be normal, which is that was kind of Madoka's wish at first, right? And 
there's some stuff in the finale that's very Madoka-esque. But overall... But overall, I would say this is not a, uh, Madoka, a Madoka successor in the way that other shows uh, other shows are. I mean, hey, the fact that White Fox didn't try make a, make a Madoka Magica ripoff is kind of applaudable. Yeah. Yeah. Instead, they just went with making a Lyrical Nano ripoff. <laughs> I'm only half joking here. <laughs> okay, let's let's just go ahead and let's dive right in to the start of the first episode. So we open in England on a uh, on an island in the middle of a lake. There's a castle. And there's a bunch of uh, soldiers, English soldiers, in there fighting some kind of shadow demon that they can't see. And it's killing them all, one by one. And outside, like, I, guess, I think maybe the entire British army is outside, like, sieging the castle, basically. They have it surrounded with soldiers and helicopters and tanks. And very importantly, everybody is speaking English. Yeah, I remember because I. Yeah, you, you watched it up. a little bit of the first episode. Because <laughs> I was trying to find it for you because Crunchyroll dropped it. Yeah. Sort of. And I'm like, oh, they're speaking in English. I guess this is just the dub. It wasn't even particularly bad English, if I remember. Uh, did you get past the part where the uh, where I literally the made it ten seconds did? in. Okay, yeah, no, you didn't get to the really bad English. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, because the uh... I I actually kind of want to just make you watch the the opening scene just I will so not. you could see how bad the English is, because it's hilarious. <laughs> so, basically. Uh, they're fighting a shadow demon, and it's killing them. It blew up a helicopter. The commander of the forces there is, like, freaking out, and someone tells him that the Vatican has arrived. In so, England. Yes. <laughs> I just realized how, how nonsense that is. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> oh, oh God. Anyways, so he he says, and I quote, "The Vatican. What are those? What are those taboos doing here?" And the person on the phone replies, "At Her Majesty's pleasure." Now I'm not gonna pretend to know the intricacies of the British royal family, but I'm pretty sure like, rule zero of the British royal family is you're not allowed to be Catholic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, can you invite the Vatican can you invite Catholics to Britain? I guess? I mean, technically the monarch is also still head of the Church of England, so I'm guessing inviting the Pope to come in and stomp around with stuff. Probably bad form. Yeah, probably. 
Although to be honest, they're like Vatican in name only. They're they're the Vatican like um They're the Vatican as told by an anime made in Japan by Japanese people who don't know what Catholicism is. Yeah, pretty much. I was I was gonna compare it to uh Alexander Hamilton from uh Helsinki. <laughs> you mean Alexander Anderson? <laughs> oh my god. I can't make stuff from the D4 Star song. That I'm song sorry. is catchy, though. It is so catchy. Uh, Alexander Anderson and the uh, uh, and his merry band of murderers, or his posse, I guess. We yeah, are well, basically it's them. It's them. That that's what that's what uh, this organization known as the Anti Creed of Fatima. I don't know who Fatima is, and I don't know why they're the anti-creed. Anti-cree or anti-creed? Anti-creed. Okay, that... Yeah, that still doesn't make sense. Yeah, it makes... It, it's it's a nonsense name. Anyways. So this was the first hint that it was a... a Mad- or not a Mad- uh, Nanoha ripoff. Out of a... Uh, out of an armored personnel character carrier with uh like scripture and a cross inscribed on the side of the door uh some some fancily dressed dude and a blonde-haired girl in similarly fancy clothes walk out and then walk into the castle and they're all like, ooh, there's spooky stuff going on here. So they throw so they have a briefcase. They throw it onto the floor. And it opens up and starts talking. And then a giant uh, suit of armor pops out. Glows, and then uh, the blonde girl is wearing uh an armored dress now, and she has a spear. And so now she can see the demon, the shadow demon, which is called a knight's. Or knight, I'm not entirely certain. Okay, so she she attacks it, marks it, it runs away, and they're all like, mystery, darkness, things beyond understanding. But yeah, so the main thing that makes me think this show is a Nanoha ripoff is mostly just the fact that the first character we meet, the first magical girl we meet is basically Fate Testarossa. But instead of a uh, instead of an evil mom, she has a uh, uh, she has a brain dead friend. And I mean that literally as in her body no longer functions. Nor does her brain. But we'll get to that. Any case, in any case, cut to a Shinto shrine where our real main characters are. So we've got two main... Well, okay, one main character and her friend. Our main character's name is Matsui. Case in, I mean, yeah, obviously. It's in the name of the show. She has red hair. 
and she her has friend red hair. Yes, she has red hair. And her friend Yuma Yuma is much shorter than her and has blue hair. They are I believe they are both in middle school. Like first or second year middle school, I think. They're not in high school. Ninety percent sure of that. It's kinda of interesting this is the second magical character I know named Yuma. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably not as good as the other one. Is the other Yuma uh, just as, as annoying as this one? Nah, Yuma's adorable. Okay. The good Yuma. Yeah. This Yuma, she is cute, but she is so annoying. She's also the resident uh, fourth wall breaker. Oh, so. boy. So that's that's fun. Anyways, uh, Matu's dad shows up, and important thing for basically the entire show, Matsui calls him by his first name. So they're not on great terms, because as we we'll, as we find out later, they didn't live together for a decade. Like she was living with her grandparents, and he was off working for a decade. Anyways, um, so he goes off to go to work because he's a, he's a police detective and he's in the violent crimes division. So he's investigating not murders, but serial uh, weakenings, I guess. Like the victims are alive, but incredibly weakened. So someone's running around drinking people. Basically. And her dad's partner. So her dad's name is Shinko. I'm just going to call her Mat call him Matui's dad because whatever. He's Matui's dad. She Okay. Like anyways, his partner, I don't remember his real name. His his nickname is Pochi. And he looks like a terrible version of Ogawa. And he, he's, he's just a terrible... He is a horrible person. I hate him. I hate him so much. He's so annoying. In any case, there's also... There's also a French lady with blonde hair with a single... Uh, like... Big chunk. Single streak of red hair in her, in her bangs. Named Haruka Luciella. She works for the IATO. I don't know what that stands for. Neither do I. It's it's some you're it's I don't it's it has a similar function to the Vatican in fighting the demon monsters. Yeah, that's not a real thing. Yeah, I know. I know it's not a real thing. So, in any case, the uh, Matui's dad is investigating a artist guy who kidnapped somebody, and we see him. We see the guy, the kidnapper, running through the forest a few times. But yeah, you know, that's that's whatever. And there's some investigate in, investigating stuff that. Uh, 
Luciella's doing. But that's not really important. Uh, funny moment. Matui made her dad curry for dinner. Okay. Curry. And he and when he tried it, she's like, oh, hey, t tell me how it is. He's like, as a cop, the hardest thing I have to do is tell people their, lo their loved ones have died. Her response, what are you saying? His response, you put too much cumin in the curry. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's not how you talk to children. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In any case, uh, then we cut back to the artist guy, the kidnapper, who gets possessed. And uh, so I don't, I don't know if you could do this in America, or actually, I don't know if you could do this in Japan. Can you just like walk into the police department, into the violent crimes division office? Uh, like uh, I, I don't think you can. <laughs> I kinda think it's. I think it's more possible. It's not impossible, but I think you can't, like, a person just can't randomly walk in and walk out. I, don't, I, I mean, it's supposedly, uh, not Jeffrey Dahmer, the other, John Dillinger. Okay. Supposedly John Dillinger did that. He walked in to, like, the FBI investigation like, just looked at the board with all the stuff on it. With his, his mugshot and everything on it. He was literally just standing there. He just asked one of the cops, Hey, uh, what's the what's the sports score? <laughs> and they didn't <laughs> notice him and they walked out. Okay. So yeah, I think, it, I think it would be possible. At least in America. Don't know about Japan. Yeah. Well, in any case, Luciela just walks in to, uh... Tomatoe's dad and his partner while they're having a meeting. She's like, you know, this, uh, this, these serial weakening attacks bears a striking resemblance to a series of wasting deaths in Holland a couple years ago. Seems so. Uh... She's, she's trying to like get in on the investigation or whatever. Whatever. In so... any case. They're looking for a Dutch serial killer. Exactly. In any case, now we cut back to, uh, now we cut back to Matsui and Yuma, who are eating lunch on the roof. Because where else are you going to eat lunch? And Yuma apparently found a, uh, a scroll of some kind that, uh, describes a ritual that if you do it, you get superpowers. That is, at least that's her understanding of it. Sounds awesome. Probably has unforeseen consequences. Oh, absolutely. And so now the kidnapper artist guy who got possessed has showed up to the shrine where they work, where the main characters work, and knocked everybody out. And then Lucela and Matui's dad get in her car and drive up the stairs to the shrine. 
it's imp it's I think it's uh not maybe not important but interesting to note all of the cars in this show are CGI. All of the cars. Uh, all the cars. Every single one. And they don't do CGI backgrounds. Just the cars. Only the cars. In any case. Uh, so the artist dude gets uh, really buff all of a sudden. And starts beating up Matui's dad. And then... Matui transforms into a magical girl! And Yay. blows up the dude. She's momentarily confused because she sees her reflection and she's like, Hey, is that mom? No, that's not mom. That's me. Was her mom just like super short or something? No, she, her mom had a really similar hairstyle to her magical girl form. Because she's uh, in her mag So in her normal form, Matsui has red hair. In her magical girl form, she has pink hair. And also, uh, her, like, the sideburn areas turn into those, uh, drill, uh, whatchamacallits, curly hair type things. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, she is, she is drills. Yeah, basically. And then the knights that was possessing the guy retreats. And then Matsui goes flying through the air, away from the shrine, because she's freaking the heck out. Apparently not freaking out too much to be able to fly. Well, it's more like uh, leap tall buildings in a single bound, but... Mm. In any case, she lands somewhere in the forest, and she's freaking out, because, you know, she's a magical girl now. She's like, ah, I can't go home like this. <laughs> and then her clothes disappear. And she's naked. And she goes, why am I naked? And that's where episode one ends. What an ending. Yeah. So episode two, we pick up right there. Well, actually a little bit further. Because um, she had to sneak home completely naked. And when she does get home, it turns out that uh, Yuma, blue hair, her parents are Matui's landlords. So she has the keys, and she can just come and go as she pleases, apparently. And then Matui sees uh, something come out of her head. <laughs> of whose head? Matui's head. Matui sees something come out of her own head. Yes. And so does Yuma. And it's uh, it's like a spirit thing. Oh, okay. For a second I thought there was like a parasitic worm or no, something no, burrowing no, no. out of nothing, her skull. Nothing like that. Nothing like that. It's, uh, it's, it's like a spirit thing. It, so this is also important. All of the uh, all of like the spirits, with a couple notable exceptions, are CGI as well. Oh, that's fun. I th I do think it works to differentiate them from the normally uh, animated characters. So that is good. But when they don't do it for all of the otherworldly beings, it kind of ruins it. 
And it's just like, oh, we had a really complex concept and we didn't want to animate it by hand. Because, like, if they just made all of the uh, otherworldly spirits CGI, then uh, then I think it would work really well, but, but they don't, so... I'm not really sure how to describe her spirit. It's kind of like... Uh... Yeah, I have no idea how to describe this. In any case, she quickly learns that Normal people can't see it, but Yuma can. And also, it's pretty much always following her around. Uh, there's a cut to a scene on a plane with a guy who works for the IATO as well. Uh, he has a pen gun. That's about it. Oh, he also gets possessed by a demon. And another dude. Some... Some other dude gets possessed by a demon as well. But now we cut back to the uh, to the actual plot. Because Yuma and Matsui are in gym class. And they're hiding in, uh, hiding in the storage locker. Or in the storage room. And Yuma's saying that since you got superpowers and I didn't, you have to become a superhero in my place. <laughs> And then Matsui accidentally transforms. Oh, good. There goes all her clothes. Yep. <laughs> um, well, at least they're, she's in closer proximity to clothing than she was before. Yes, that is fair. However, uh, they they burst out of the, uh, the storage room into the filled gymnasium. At which point, a crowd gathers and they start uh, taking pictures of her. <laughs> and so, te so technically, technically, uh, Yuma states that she is not a magical girl; she's an exorcist girl. Functionally, this does not differ. It is di it is difference in name only. Yeah. Uh, we see the uh, we see the guy who was on the plane arrive in Japan. The people from the Vatican are tailing him for some reason. In any case, uh, after after they got out of gym class, I guess, or actually I think, she, no, yeah, she ran away from gym class. <laughs> so they're out in the middle of town and she's <laughs> she's wearing the upper half of a tracksuit, like a hood and a pair of glasses to disguise herself Matoe is. Couldn't find pants. I guess. <laughs> she, I mean, she's got a skirt, so I don't think she could really put on pants. Oh. Oh. Yeah, like her outfit is just a dress. Oh, I. Oh, so she's still in her magic. Okay. Yeah, she's still a magical girl. And in fact, Yuma's like, we gotta go find. You gotta find like demons to slay or crimes to stop. We don't know when your transformation will wear off. <laughs> and then the dude, one of the the other dude, not the IATO guy, who got possessed, shows up in the middle of town with a shotgun, and he's just randomly firing it. And uh, he goes in and 
holds a bank hostage. And so naturally, being in the Violent Crimes Division, Matui's dad shows up to do some uh, hostage negotiation. Okay. This doesn't work, obviously, because the dude is possessed. But Matui goes in to go and stop the demon that's possess possessing the guy. It is at this point that we learn that uh, she, she can't be harmed by, by like, normal bullets. Because she's standing up, like, on a, on a ledge, and she gets shot by the shotgun. And she falls down and lands on the floor. Let me guess. Magic does not provide protection against bullets? No, it does. It, they don't affect her. Oh. Yeah. Like, so, <laughs> her dad's, like, runs over. He's like, oh, my God, are you okay? And her response is just, like, get up and say, ow, that hurt a lot. So it's like she has uh, Kevlar on, I guess. <laughs> no bruises, though. In any case, we will jump. To, we now jump to uh, to Fate, to Fate Testarossa, as she uh, she jumps out of a car with her briefcase and transforms in midair. Uh, well, let's let me let me set the scene. So they're driving on an elevated roadway. She jumps out of while they're driving. She jumps out of the uh, of the van over the edge of the roadway to land on the roadway below. I don't know why. In any case. Didn't want to have to wait for the next available U-turn? Possibly. In any case, now we take the now we take the battle into another dimension. Because now Matui is in a weird trippy space and she can see the demon form of the demon that's possessing the guy and uh, so she picks up the shotgun that the dude uh, I guess I don't remember when he dropped it but he dropped it at some point and she is wielding it like a club naturally of course and then Fate Testarossa shows up and beats the demon in like three seconds. And so she's, she's got a whole bunch of weapons. Um, and her main weapon is a big old spear. But she can also pull out a couple of uh, pistols. Which is pretty neat. Anyway, so she kills the demon lickety-split. And then she, uh, she pulls a... Uh, fourth wall fake out she goes enjoying the show I know you're watching and then she looks directly at the screen but she's actually talking to the knight uh, that escaped her in the first episode okay so naturally Matui goes I don't know what's going on and then uh, and then fate grabs the uh, the shotgun and points it at Matsui. And it, uh, then in an after credits scene, we see that her uh, her spirit partially detached so that it could catch the bullet. Which, actually, now that I think about it, 
that doesn't make any sense. Like, it shows it catching a single bullet, but that was a shotgun. The dude had a shotgun, and I don't think it was... It had slugs in it. I'm pretty sure it had shot. Yeah, I don't... I don't know. I mean... <laughs> I don't know. Anyways... Anime so, can be kind of bad about how guns work. Yes. Especially this. Especially this one. Anyways. So, uh, since her ga her spirit uh, partially detached, uh, she only has the skirt on the skirt part of her outfit still on and so uh, she has to go running through the streets in real space with her chest covered screaming don't tweet this oh you know that's just gonna make people tweet it even more I know <laughs> anyway so that's the end of episode 2 it's you know it's not really a good sign that both of the the first two episodes end with her running around naked. You think? Yeah. Anyways. Um. Anyways, so she went. So in episode three, we find out that she went and hid in a box in an alleyway. <laughs> Wild idea. Use the box to crawl home. And if she anyone was. asks, just say you're doing a Metal Gear Solid cosplay. <laughs> uh, she she basically was. In any case, uh, Yuma went and bought uh, bought some clothes for her from like the drugstore. I don't know what drugstore sells clothes, but I think some drugstores in Japan actually do sell at least some clothes. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good, good on you, Japan. Any, in any case, stores um, in Japan can sell weird things. Yeah, I know. In any case, uh, we see the Vatican people watching them. Uh, they're up on like a roof or something. It's it's really weird. Just people just like to randomly stand on roofs a lot. In any case, uh, they're they're at home later. <laughs> And naturally, somebody took a video of her running through the streets, half naked, and posted it to YouTube. And by the very next day, it had already gotten 50 million views. Which, as Yuma points out, that means roughly half of Japan has seen this. I mean, I guess that's implying only people in Japan saw it. And yeah. also, I'm pretty sure a video of a naked, like, 12-year-old girl running through the streets would probably violate YouTube's terms of service. I think she's, like, 13. Still would violate YouTube's terms of service? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But apparently, but I, but I guess not. Anyways, uh... Stuff happening. There's a weird guy. We, we see some weird guys sitting on top of some crates. Uh, there's a show, there's like a, a stare down between Matui and her dad. Because, uh, he, he found, or, no, no. I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember exactly what happened there. But, he's very protective of her. 
and well, she keeps she's going to keep showing up to crime scenes. Wait, does like, he actually recognize her? No, no. Like she'll transform back to normal. Oh. And then be at the crime scene and he's like, "Why are you here? You are not supposed to be here." At first, he accuses her of uh rubbernecking. <laughs> Like, just saying, oh, hey, that looks cool. I'm going to go check that out. Yeah, and at this point, we learn that they lived apart for 10 years. Uh, and then Lucielis shows up and decides to give them uh, to become Yuma and Matui's tutor. It's mostly just an excuse to uh, casually interrogate them. Anyway, so they're do so uh, they're in the middle of doing a lesson on English. Oh boy. Yeah. So. Yeah, for a French person, she has really good Japanese. And not very good English. For a French person, she d sure does speak Jap. Or speak English with a Japanese accent. <laughs> anyway, so she casually steers the conversation to a lesson on our world and its dimensions. Uh, we we at this point we see the uh, the Vatican girl fate uh, watching them from a nearby tree with binoculars. Anyways, so here we learn that there. Are that according to current theories of physics, there are up to 24 dimensions that that exist. And that supernatural phenomena is actually just the result of beings from higher dimensions influence in, bah, interfering with our world. Anyway, so that that's your little uh that's your little starter pack of uh, of lore. Uh, the, the weird dude in the suit we saw earlier is helping the knights who got attacked by, uh, fate in the first episode get a new body. Okay. Yeah. It's just a small detour. He, uh, the dude, the, the knight who got attacked the first episode, uh, possesses some spirit medium guy on TV in that he, he goes on TV not that he was on TV when he got possessed anyways uh, Lucella comes and helps out make dinner with Matoi and naturally her dad is very suspicious as he probably should be Yes. Also, should wasn't she supposed to be in like school or something when most of this is going on? Yeah, probably. Uh, I think partway through, like after like episode four, they're just like, "Oh yeah, it's summer break." <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. They kind of they they introduce the school and then they never go back. I think. Like they go back at the end of the series. Anyways, um. So he's naturally suspicious, and it's like, 
when she's like asking questions about uh their family history he just opens up the liquor cabinet pulls out a couple glasses and some i think it's whiskey i i there's no words on the label but it's like a a box in a box with a with a diagonal stripe across it and it's a green bottle i have no idea it's alcohol of some kind and it's brown when he pours it out so I assume it's whiskey. And he's just like, you can drink, right? He's a cop. Yes. You'd think that a cop would know the drinking age. <laughs> I think he's more asking, like, can you hold your liquor? She's still 13, right? No, he's talking to Lysela. Oh. Yeah, no. He's talking to her, and he's like, "She's like, so what's uh, what's your family like?" He's like, "You can drink, right?" <laughs> so never, need, uh, need never alcohol a, to talk about this. Never a good sign. <laughs> Doesn't really matter because he takes half. He takes like one sip, and then he's out. <laughs> or he drinks like half of it, and then he's out. He didn't even pour that much. <laughs> In any case. Later that night, Matui is uh, talking with her spirit guide thing. And of course, it can't talk, so she's just kind of talking at it. And then they suddenly get a weird feel feeling, and Yuma shows up. He's like, come on, there's weird stuff going down at the river. We gotta go check it out. And so they are, she is in her pajamas, and they are down at the river, and they see, uh, they see Fate transformed, fighting a, uh, fighting the knight that showed up in the first episode. Okay. And it's a decent fight. The Vatican guy and Luciella show, show up and are escorting Yuma and Matsui away from the battle. But, uh, but then the monster almost gets them, but then fate shows up. Um, I, th I think we have learned her name at this point, which her name is Claris Tonitras. Okay. Yeah. I it's not don't much know better. what kind of name that is. I don't either. I think it's supposed to be, I have no idea. Maybe I don't think it's German. Anyways, her name is Claris. Um, so she's getting her ass kicked. And then she pulls out her noble phantasm. Uh, at this point, Matui is transformed. But she's doing the usual starter magical girl thing of like, maybe we can talk to the monsters and make them come to an understanding. But Claris is just like, fuck that. And her armor glows all red and lightning flies everywhere. Alright, her, her... She doesn't really use the spear as a spear. She uses it more as a... As just a lightning rod to throw lightning around. Okay. Which is, which is pretty cool, but, you know. Wish she used it as a spear more. And now we've got the dude in the purple suit. That we've been seeing a little bit. 
this episode. He's got a cane and a purple top hat. And a really weird looking mask thing going on. And apparently his name is Creed Killer. Creed or, Killer. Yes. That's his name. Or at the very least, that's what the Vatican calls him. Okay. I was going to say, did his parents put that on his birth certificate? <laughs> no. No, he's he, he he's possessed by a demon. Of the, like, seriously possessed variety. In any case. So that's the end of episode three. Hop over to episode four. We jump back three years. Oh boy, it's flashback time. Yep, flashback time. We meet Clarice's old partner, whose name was Flores Oriens. What is, what is the, what is with the names in this show? I don't know. In any case, uh, and we find out that they were partners for only six months. Anyways, uh, moving on. So Claris is fighting Creed Killer and getting her ass kicked. And then they take the fight to uh, to another dimension. There's these things called uh, Gates of Kylum. Kylum? Kylum? I don't know. It's just a portal to another dimension. But all of the dimensions except the third dimension and the highest dimension all look exactly the same, more or less. So... There's really no way to tell them all apart. Aside from knowing like what the characters who know where they are say, oh, we are in the twelfth dimension. It's it's really fucking stupid. Anyway, so Claris is wiped out because, you know, using noble phantasm hurts you and all. Right. And then uh, Matsui, her, and... Oh, yeah, Yuma's there, too. Yuma's there, too. Yeah. She, she just kind of tags along into the uh, into the higher dimensions for some reason. She's useless, so I don't know why she does. In any case, uh... So they're hanging out, hide, not really hiding, they're just kind of sitting there. And so Matsui's like, hey, could you teach me about demons and gods and stuff? Because I don't know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> and so, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, gods and demons are just things from higher dimensions, as we find out. Okay. Or intelligent life from higher dimensions. Uh... So according to Claris, for a long time, people have been performing Shinto rituals to call down beings from a higher dimension. Alright. I don't know why she had to specify Shinto. Because Japan. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, anyways, we get a, we get another flashback where, because uh, uh, Flores, Claris's partner, 
she she also had the idea of hey maybe we can talk to the demons and make them not be evil and she tried that with creed killer and uh well remember how i said instead of a instead of an evil mom claris has a brain dead friend yeah floors is that brain dead friend okay Quote, Greed killer opened a, a high gravitational field inside her body. Her internal organs, her circulation, all of it was stopped. She sustained severe brain damage. Okay, at that point, I think your friend's literally just dead. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, because she had uh, she was paired with a god at the time, she was able to survive. But like I said, she is confined to a bed. And she can't move any part of her body, and she can't communicate with the outside world. She is functionally dead, but technically alive. Anyway, so at this point, Claris has uh, rested up, so she's not beaten up anymore. She was bleeding before, but apparently just, like, hanging out and chatting cures bleeding wonderfully. Anyway, so she fights the, uh, the knight from before and finally kills it. There's apparently a bit of a, uh, Apparently, if you go into a higher dimension, you get uh you get a power up based on how high you go. This has no f bearing on the rest of the series though. So, I don't know why they mention it. Okay. Anyways, so now uh Creed Killer summons a portal and kicks the kicks the kicks everybody out of the higher dimension back to the third dimension and the portal is over over their city like way high over higher than the tallest skyscraper and so they're falling and naturally naturally being the protagonist uh, Matsui grows some magic wings so that they can fly down safely and she also saves uh she also saves Claris from almost dying from falling. And then Creed Killer shows back up on a bridge. It's Creed Killer just like the recurring villain of the series. Okay, so you'd think that, but but Matui pulls out uh a superpower that she even she didn't know she had. Uh, she summons like a metal CGI looking wing thing behind her. And then all these lights from all over like the surrounding area start flowing in and surrounding her. Um, and it's all like the minor gods of like the trees and the Buddha statues. And that one park bench on 43rd street all gathering to uh to empower her attack 
Because that's like her superpower, I guess, is she can summon a bunch of tiny gods and become greater than the sum of their parts, I guess. Okay. And at, at this point, uh, the Vatican guy calls it uh, the unique notion of of this nation that there are gods in everything. Oh, uh, now I remember when you were talking about this. Yeah, yeah. and as as when I asked you to look that up, and it, that's just total bullshit. There are so many things that have a similar belief system. Yeah, it's not just animism, Shintoism. Pantheism. There's there's other. There's a lot of stuff. There, there's a lot of there's a lot of religions, spiritual traditions, etc., that have a similar mindset. Maybe not to the of the same type as Shintoism, but to describe it as a unique notion is inadequate, in my opinion. Yes. In any case, uh, she uses it to summon a giant fuck off laser and uh, and apparently murders. Creed killer. I mean, that just makes sense. Like, no. yeah, Shintoism allows people to summon lasers. <laughs> of course. And anyways, uh, and so after he, he's dead and gone. Claris is just standing there, is like, the enemy's dead, fucking finally. And that's the end of episode four. And I, I figured, <laughs> I figured that it would uh, be completely different. So at the beginning of my episode five uh, recap section, I put uh, I put a picture of uh, what's his name from Monty Python at the desk, saying, "And now for something completely different." That's kind of what it feels like, to be honest. Um, so we open episode 5 on a flashback of Yuma dancing around her room uh, while there's like mystical lights all around. And there's a couple of ominous shadows on the walls and like all of everything in the room is floating, floating around. And so naturally she's having a grand old time. And Wait, so does she, in fact, have some sort of magic power? She does. She doesn't get it until this episode. Okay, but this is a flashback episode. No, that no? was just that was just the part before the opening. Okay. So now we go back to the modern day. So they're okay. Yeah, they go back to school now. Um, and Claris is following them because she has been assigned to uh, observe Matsui. Observe. Yeah. In any case, and so naturally all of their classmates are like, holy shit, who is this blonde girl walking right beside you? She is really weird looking and blonde. <laughs> And so, naturally, some boys, like, try and hit on her. 
and she knocks them all down. It's like, don't get in my way. Their response is, please step on me. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't get that. I don't. Uh, masochists, maybe? <laughs> uh, anyways, we, so we hop over to the... Uh, to the Vatican guy talking to one of his superiors. He's like, Matui's uh, god is pretty strong. And I think if we try and... If we try and uh, take it, then we'll kill her. And we'll lose the god as well. So we're not going to do that. We're just going to keep watching her. Uh, let's see... After that, uh, Claris is still. Can, what? can I comment on the? I don't know if we. I don't even know if I would call it an unfortunate implication, but I just comment on the joke that could be made about the Catholic Church having a priest follow a little girl around. Let's see. They're not having a little. They're not having the priest follow the little girl around. First of all, I don't think he's a priest, and second of all. They're having Claris, another little girl, follow her around. That's not better. But... It's really not. It's really not. Anyways, so it's especially not better since Claris is following her around and she's like, she's just like standing in trees standing. with binoculars. With binoculars watching Matsui. And so Matsui notices. She's like, hey, do you want to come inside? And Claris like, no. Matsui's like, you're coming inside. Claris is like, I'm not doing that. And Matsui's like, too late, I'm pulling you out of the tree, and you're going to take a shower now. How big was this tree? It, it's not that big. Yeah, so like, I'm questioning the ability of her to pull another person from like a particularly it tall was tree. Like, it was like maybe, like at least the branch she was on, it was maybe just out of reach, so, you know, you just, like, shimmy up there and then grab him by the leg, and then... I feel like this isn't even that stealthy. It's really not. I don't know why she likes standing on trees. In any case, um... And, of course, there's the obligatory Claris has bigger boobs than Matsui joke. Which is weird, because they're, like... Both... 14? Anyways, the joke is that, like, Matui leaves a bra for her, and when she gets, ch and also some pajamas, and uh, when she gets changed, she's, like, holding the bra, and she's like, hey, you can have this back, it doesn't fit. <laughs> Comedy. And, uh, yeah. Anyways, and they end up uh, sleeping in the same bed. And Matui calls her cute. So, and pretty typical for Magical Girl shows. Pretty typical. Gotta get in those uh, serious undertones. Yeah, serious undertones. Okay, I'm just gonna take a side real quick to say that... I feel like they planned for there to be a Nanoha-esque romance between Matsui and uh, Claris, but they never bothered to write it. 
So, like, there's all of this subtext. But there's no text. <laughs> so, like, you get them sleeping in the same bed, and Claris doing things for the sake of Matsui, and all this other stuff. But, but there's there's no romance. There's no closure there. I'll get to that later. I'll get to that later. Anyways, so now they go off because it turns out this episode is the shopping episode. Oh boy. So we just get a uh, we get a montage of them shopping because they're like, yeah, Clarice, you really shouldn't be walking around in those weird Vatican clothes. Like, you know, I want to send you a picture of the weird Vatican clothes. Clarice is the blonde one in the back. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I see the picture, I see the picture. Uh, yeah, I don't know what to say. Yeah, it's like a robe on top of a on top of a long sleeve dress with like poofy arms. Yeah. There's multiple brooches and like a kerchief. It's it's bizarre. It's bizarre. She gets much more normal clothes after this, except she never wears them after this episode. <laughs> Anyways, and then uh naturally since she's blonde and blonde uh, she attracts a lot of attention everywhere she goes. Uh, and this is also <laughs> this is also the episode where they go and eat at crepes. I'm sorry, but the way you said blonde reminded me of Fight Club. <laughs> okay. This has got the the random European guy standing in front of the dude's house, and they're like insulting him, like, and you know what? You're too blonde. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. So this is this is the episode where they go and eat at crepes. They so, go and they eat at crepes because it's spelled whoa, whoa, whoa. C R A P E E S. Please tell me she knew what a crepe was beforehand. I don't think she did. Because I'm she saying, was like, I, if she she's, was like looking at, it, she's like, whoa, what? If she's, she's like, from oh, the nom, Vatican, nom, 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 nom. like, just saying, it's not a very far drive for her to like go and get some actual crepes. From France. Yeah. And not crepes. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure they sell not... crepes in Italy, too. Oh, yeah, no, I'm sure they do. <laughs> she should not be mystified by the concept of a crepe. Yeah, but this is a Japanese crepe. You see, they do it in, like, a weird uh, sushi roll thing. Y you know what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Still stupid. Yeah, absolutely. Gotta love it. Anyway, so they they also ate at Donut. They got donuts from Donut. Donuts from Donut. And uh, Clarice has also shown uh, eating a macaron. Macaron? Whatever, whatever that's called. You know, that weird French... Macaron? Uh, Maybe? I don't know. Wait, no. Mac macaron's more like a cookie, isn't it? 
Yes, it's 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 that weird French cookie thing. Yes, yeah, so a, a macaroon or well, that's how we in America pronounce it. <laughs> in any case, um, after this, uh, after the after the shopping montage, they decide to test whether Yuma is compatible with uh, with a god, whether she is capable of achieving divine union or henshin, I guess. Magical girl transformation. But oh no, there's like a shield thing and then it breaks. And when it breaks, a a jewel belonging to her grandfather also breaks. Oh no. And he's like, oh no! The barrier has been breached! Not the barrier. And anyways, uh, <laughs> and so we find out that after the barrier is broken, a, ta- a tanuki and a fox came out of her. What? Why? Well, you see, they transform, and now they look like jibby people. Who are, it's like a, a, tanuki, a tanuki person and a fox person. They're gods. Incredibly but- weak gods. <laughs> I'm just questioning a tanuki coming out of an Italian girl. No, not the Italian girl. They came out of Yuma. Oh. I guess that makes more sense. That's... Still stupid. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, let me just... And this funnily enough, apparently like. macaroons are Italian. Really? Yes. Huh. That's interesting. Oh. Why... <laughs> okay yeah so for uh for those listening so the the tanuki is green and uh he has green hair and a green tail and he's wearing like a i don't know what to call it it's, it's like that uh japanese the tanuki looks constipated <laughs> <laughs> he's just terrified he's always terrified anyways he's wearing like a I want to call it a hakama, but I don't think it's a hakama. He looks kind of samurai-y, but, you know, ter- fucking terrified of everything. And he's got, like, a... What is that? I want to call it a military-style cap, but I don't think it's a military-style cap. It- he's wearing a hat. He has a hat. And he also has a scarf. And then the fox girl is uh wearing, like, a shri- shrine maiden's Oh, that's that's it. It's like a shrine. They're they're wearing shrine people clothes. Shrine Anyways. people clothing. Yeah, and so the uh, the fox girl has red hair and a red tail, and she has a bow. On her hair. They're actually kind of cute. Anyway, so obviously, uh, because they were locked up inside Yuma, they uh, they scatter immediately. They run away. Like little cockroaches. Uh, very much so. They just, they run the fuck away. Um, and so naturally, Claris and Matui transform to go find them, drawing undue attention to themselves. They decide to, uh, to set out some fried tofu as a, as a trap, but they just catch some body doubles. Wait, what? Like, 
they like <laughs> they ate the tofu and then they left uh they left some stuffed animals that looked like them in their place. These little assholes. <laughs> yeah. And so they uh so the gods so they're running all over the town and like, oh, we gotta catch those gods. And then Yuma's just at a temple and she's like, I really want to meet my gods. And they're like, ah, oh, we should probably show pity on her. But, th you know, they don't talk, so. But everything everything works out in the end and they get along. And that's the end of the episode. I still don't know why Matsui and Claris transformed. Like, they really didn't need to. They had leftover transformation sequence budget for that episode. <laughs> Maybe. Well, if they had extra budget, they probably used some of it on the, the next episode. Episode 6. So at the start of this episode, we start with, uh, with Yuma... Uh talking directly to the audience <laughs> again no this time she is actually talking directly to the audience she i don't think she's talked to the audience directly before like she just makes fourth wall breaking jokes anyway so uh, for the last three four five episodes four episodes because the first episode doesn't have the opening um it features Yuma in the Magical Girl outfit. In a Magical Girl outfit. And... This is where she says, uh... There's like, uh... Like, the fans have been saying, Ah, the opening's a trick! <laughs> and she introduces her gods. <laughs> um... And also decides to change the show title. And so they, they they run the opening, but basically they cut out Claris and Matui. Anytime they would show up, they just put a sticker of Yuma over it, over them. Or one of Yuma's gods over their their god. And in, in the final shot, normally it's Yuma, Matui, and Claris in their magical girl outfits. With like the silhouettes of their gods in the background. Yeah. And in this final sh for this opening, it's just Yuma with her gods, and it's it's shown that she's actually on a uh, she's like actually on a a blue screen doing this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and Clarice and Matsui are looking at her. They're like, she's getting really carried away with this. Not gonna lie, that actually sounds kind of funny. It it was it was incredibly funny. <laughs> I think it was entirely worth it uh, up to this point. The The rest of the episode is of middling quality. Uh, anyways, so I'm not sure if, like, that part is, like, the in-universe, like, them actually recording the TV show, or if this is just her imagining things <laughs> and like <laughs> just trying to make like being delusional and having really good uh video editing skills i'm not sure which 
I'm not sure which one's better and I'm not sure which one it actually is. I mean, in there's nothing case, more dangerous than a mentally unstable girl with video editing skills. Of course. Anyways, uh, so the Vatican puts uh, Yuma under their surveillance as well. Because now she, she's got magic powers. Shit, we didn't know about this. This is insane. Anyway, so as we find out, Yuma has actually been using Twitter to solicit uh, requests for uh, for an exorc for like a magical girl services, <laughs> and so they just get a, like a bunch of random people, like one dude who's like, "My shoulders hurt," <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, obviously that's a demon," but it's like, no. It's just old age. And then another one, they're like, we're going to build a house, so we wanted to ask for a blessing from a, from the exorcist girl. And then the, the last one is like, we need help right now. And it's just a bunch of kids. Like, oh, wow. Hey, look, a magical girl. Who left their How kids amazing. on Twitter? I don't know. I think it, it might have... It might actually just be like a parent who's like, "Hey, this is an easy birthday party thing." <laughs> oh right, and there's also a uh, a UFO report. And they're like, "We don't cover UFOs." <laughs> don't ever be the parent who hires randos on Twitter to <laughs> like entertain your children. Oh no, they didn't get hired. Don't be silly. <laughs> they just got asked to show up somewhere. <laughs> Anyway, in any case, uh, the Violent Crimes Division gets a report about a ghost possessing a mascot costume. Wait, they get an actual report about specifically a ghost? That is, The report is a ghost is possessing a mascot costume in the shopping district. So are they just straight up just acknowledging that ghosts exist? No. No, they treat it as complete nonsense. Obviously. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I don't know why you would call the Violent Crimes Division about this. In any case, uh, naturally, since uh, all of the requests thus far have been entirely mundane and not demon-slaying, Yuma is super depressed. And I gotta say, the timeline, like, there's a timeline here, but it's so wonky. He's like, we find out that the uh, the first four episodes happened over the course of, like, one week. But, like, didn't school let out and then get back in session? Or No. No, no, no. They, like, they, they left school. They left from school and then they went home. And then other stuff happened. I don't know. I'm not entirely certain. Anyways, Yuma tries to give her uh, her god a pep talk, <laughs> so she, she's like, she, she like asks him, "Are you a man?" And Clarice just goes, "Strictly speaking, he's a higher dimensional being." <laughs> well, well, no, wait, sorry. He goes, "Are you a man?" Matsui goes, "Well, he's a he's actually a Tanuki," and then Clarice goes, "Strictly speaking, he's a higher dimensional being." <laughs> In any case, so they go to the shopping district. It's one of those like uh, enclosed shopping street things that Japan has. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. 
Anyway, so they find a uh, they f they find a knight who's super cute. Apparently, it's just this tiny thing, and all it can say is Mokyu. So they found a Pokemon. Basically, and it is indeed possessing a a mascot character. Um, Crap, which is apparently like the mascot of their city, which is uh. What are uh, ghost types like, weak against again? Uh. I know that they like resist physical damage. Yeah, I believe psychic damage. I don't know. Anyways, but in any case, but yeah. So the it's possessing the guy who is wearing the uh co wearing a costume of their city's uh mascot which is a like praying mantis wearing a tire or something it's like a disc or like maybe it's a belt of some kind but why it's though it's acknowledged in universe that it's like supposed to be cute but it's very much not i think you're rid of it <laughs> they can't bureaucracy in any case uh Yuma was smart. She made sure to pack extra clothes for when they inevitably had to fight demons. They haven't been doing that already? Well, no, they haven't had to fight anything since, uh... Right, but I'm saying, like, they didn't, they didn't think maybe we should start carrying around spare clothes. Well, to be fair, that all happened over a very short period of time, so they didn't really think about it. Also, Matui doesn't think about it. <laughs> Yeah, but Yuma's the only one that really is like, hey, I'm a magical girl. I'm going to actually, you know, be smart about being a magical girl. <laughs> I mean, she advertises her services on Twitter. But, you know, <sighs> she's smarter than Matsui in that in some respects. Anyway, so this they, they take it to uh, a higher dimension and try and kill it. Uh, well, Yuma and Claris do, I believe. Matui stays out of it. And then naturally, she gets into it again when it uh, when it like releases a bunch of tiny versions of itself and they all gather together to transform into a giant fuck you monster that rampages through the city and is literally like several times taller than the buildings. It's it's just a giant fucking blob monster. The blob monster. Anyways, and so the violent crimes division gets a, gets a call about buildings collapsing in the shopping district, which is hey, where they are. Anyway, so uh, at this point Matoi's transformed. Uh Claris ends up trapped in a box. So things that happen in higher dimensions affect the lower dimensions? No. No. Sort of. It's, sort of. Uh, it's inconsistent. It's inconsistent. Basically, whenever you're in a higher dimension, you usually can't interact with the lower dimensions. You have to go down to the lower dimensions. But if you're, f but if like you know, you're from a higher dimension, normal people can't see you. So, uh, I don't know. So like that, you can't see the gods and demons if you're just a normal person. But you can see, like, the normal people, like Matsui and Claris, who put on magical girl outfits, which are t 
technically just uh, gods turned into outfits. Anyways, I don't know why, but Pochi, Matui's dad's uh, partner, is always eating hamburgers. Always eating hamburgers. Yes. I don't know why. They're good? Yeah, that's true. But that's like the only food he eats, as far as I can tell. Anyways, so are they Claire's actual in... hamburgers? Yes, they are actual hamburgers. Okay. Tired of this? We're having hamburger, and it's, it's a Salisbury steak. Well, I mean, I don't think he doesn't really call it by name, but it yeah, it's it's a hamburger. It's definitely a hamburger. It's got buns with sesame seeds. There's lettuce. There's a there's a patty in there. Uh, maybe some onions. I don't know how he likes his burgers. Look, as as long as there's meat between a bun, I'm satisfied. All right, you can call that a burger. Yes, it is a burger. It's a proper American burger. Anyway, so Claris ends up trapped in a box, and then so does Matui. And so Yuma is the only hope. But her, but only one of her gods is willing to help. The Tanuki is just too scared. And then, only once Yuma is in mortal peril, does it finally, is it finally willing to, uh, to, to like, bond with her and fight. And so she transforms into a magical girl with a giant fuck you flash of light. And so... She's she's got so she actually has two magical girl forms because she has two gods. Uh, I'm not really sure how to describe them. One is like a. They it basically just looks like she put on the clothes of her her god. Plus uh plus she gets uh, either a tanuki or foxtail. And in her tanuki form, she can. She can def she has like a perfect defense. She well, she turns into a pot. Like a which, like a plant like pot. Like a cauldron. Like a cauldron. Like a cauldron. With a with a stopper on top that she pops her head out of. And she's basically impervious to damage in this form. And in her fox form, uh, she has claws. That's about it. Anyway, so uh, she frees Claris and Matui, and then Claris defeats the demon. And naturally, since Matui had to transform back in the middle of a disaster area where buildings were literally falling down, uh, her dad gets worried. He's like, you really gotta stop showing up to disaster to uh, to crime scenes. Also, the fact that she's in the buff. No, she she has put on spare clothes at this point. Okay, so she also got spare clothes somehow. Yes. And, yeah. So now we go to episode seven, which is the beach episode. Heyo. Okay, so we we actually open on first a bunch of magical girls, well, Shinto magical girls, fighting knights in a higher dimension while something else is happening. And we focus in on one of them. 
and we don't know who it is. And then it's the opening. And now, and now they go to the beach. Nicki Minaj. Okay. <laughs> I have no context. <laughs> Anyways, um, moving on. So yeah, they go to the beach. Uh, every, it's all the main major characters. So you know, you got uh, the Vatican people. You got Matoi's dad. You got Lucella. You got Yuma. You got Matoi. You also got uh, Matoi's dad's partner. And it's, there's actually a funny moment where Lucella's like, "It's weird that you invited your partner." I was about to ask then, why. Did they... And then, and then Matoi's dad's like, "I thought you invited them." And they're both like, wait, so he just tagged along? Okay. Sure, why not? He keeps being really weird about, like, uh... Because, you know, he's, he's, he's the comic relief character, more or less. Which is part of the reason I hate him. And so, naturally, he's also a pervert. Anyway, so they end up staying the night. So, you know, beach beach stuff happens. So they end up staying the night at a nearby shrine. Which has a friend of Matoi's dad. Or Matoi's mom. Which is all... It, and the shrine's also a hot springs. So we got both the hot springs episode and the beach episode in one episode. And then they go, they go on a test of courage. Because of course. Yeah, because of course. And naturally, the pairs are uh, Matui's dad and his partner, Matui and Claris, and Luciela and Yuma. Naturally. Naturally. And then uh, some demon-possessed guy shows up. <laughs> and uh, Matui's dad and his partner try and fight him off but I mean you can't really fight a demon possessed person not with that and attitude and Matui has a, has a moment of crisis because her dad told her, told her not to keep going to the scene of the crime but this time the scene of the crime came to them yeah well <laughs> And she's like, "No, I d I'm not gonna go help my dad. He, I'm not, I'm not gonna do it." And Clarice and Yuma try and fight the demon. And then, a giant fuck you water dragon shows up and kills the demon. Okay. And, as we find out, it's the shrine lady who was friends with Matui's mom and dad. And who was also the person we saw at the beginning of the episode. Okay. Anyways. Uh, so that, that's episode 7. Episode 8. Uh, turns out that her god is... That the, uh, the water dragon lady's god is dying. Okay. Um, Matui's dad gets pissed off. Because he thinks that Luciela is dragging Matoe into uh, some investigation. 
There's a tiny old lady. Uh, we find out that Matui's god is the, quote, god of myriads. So, like, all the tiny gods. <laughs> Alright, and so, uh, Luciella and the Vatican guy are talking, and right. uh, they're, like, sharing information. And so she asks him, like, oh, I thought you guys were planning to uh, recruit Matsui. But he's like, but he goes, no, her her religious beliefs are way too different from ours. Yeah, I got nothing. I was going to make a joke about the Catholic Church, but... <laughs> yeah, I kind of figured. Anyways, um... So we get, we get another bit of a lore drop from the old late from the short old lady, shrine maiden lady. Uh, Pochi is trying to seduce some women, so he spends all of his money on some big beers. Okay, I don't know how that works. Yeah, I don't know. It's they're just really big beers. <laughs> Matui is having a crisis of faith, and then. Uh, her and her dad talk about her, uh, her mom and we get some like actual backstory about her so her dad met her mom 15 years ago um, and he came he came to the area like on a on a case <clears throat> And then he just fell in love with her and he became. And so I guess. Huh. I don't, I'm not entirely certain how old Matsui is. <laughs> I think she's like. I'm pretty sure she's 14. 13 or 14. Because if they met 15 years ago and she was a baby when Herman left. Anyway, so uh, they're, they're having a. They're having a moment. And then they find Pochi on the beach, face down. Because the two ladies he was seducing beat him up. Uh, turns out they get they got possessed by demons. And uh, now, since Matsui had that heart-to-heart -heart with her dad, uh, she is able to tell him, "Hey, you are not you're 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 not able to go." into this situation because it is not something that you can handle and you shouldn't do it because your your family will worry anyway so Matui shows up and saves the water dragon lady it's a really good scene she stands with her back to the sunset and she summons the the various gods and she turns them into a giant fuck you sword Okay. And then she uses the sword to to cut open reality and banish the demons. To the shadow possessed. realm? Banish the demons from life. And then uh then after that we find out that Matsui is going to be the one to do some 
crazy ass bullshit that is probably really dangerous. She's the chosen from... hero. Yeah, she's the chosen hero, and it's it's a tragic fate. Naturally. I don't know why I took that picture. Oh, right. Right, okay, so yeah, so that was episode eight. Now we're on to episode nine. They're back in they're back in their hometown. Or they're back in town. They're not at the beach anymore. And so Matui gets to call that uh for the third time this week that there's another demon they gotta go fight. And so she she looks in her closet and she's like, Huh, I don't have any clothes. I, I'm I'm running out of clothes. Because of, we're fighting so many demons. Oh, oh yeah, because your clothes gets literally destroyed. Yeah, they just disappear. I can't believe this is a plot point. And so they they use it as a, an ex, so it's basically an excuse to put her in a uh, in an old gym uniform. And of Yuma course. is weirded out because she's like, "Why are you wearing that?" Watch was like, well, I mean, if my clothes are going to disappear anyway, I might as well wear something that I don't care about losing. <laughs> and Yuma's like, wow, okay, yeah, no, that makes sense. I thought we were just shoring up the ratings with some fan service or something. <laughs> just go to Walmart. Go go to the go to the section where they keep the five dollar multi pack of like six T shirts, and then like do the same for basketball shorts or something. Yeah, yeah. And then just enough. go commando. <laughs> I'm fair saying, enough, like, if you're enough. trying to get a ton of clothes on a very low budget. Yeah, fair enough. To say don't get arrested for indecent exposure. <laughs> In any case, uh, there's some more knights running around. Uh, we find out the knights are deliberately, like, testing our protagonist to, like, test their power. And we see some, some people on a boat who have... So, like, all of the people who are possessed get, like, a... It looks kind of like a bruise underneath their left eye. Okay. Um, and so we see a couple people with the, the mark of being possessed on a boat heading towards their, the city. <clears throat> Anyways, so remember how I said it's a, it's a plot point that she loses a lot of her clothes? It, it really is a plot point because she has to go to a flea market... To go buy more clothes. Again, is there is there no Walmart in Japan? I don't and think... I mean that seriously. Like, is there like, I actually a don't Walmart know. or Walmart equivalent in Japan? I have no idea. In any case, her dad. So while she's at the flea market, her dad shows up and is like, "Hey, here, I'm gonna buy this uh, this really nice outfit for you, because it's really nice." <laughs> and so. <laughs> There, so she got the one really nice outfit, and then she bought a bunch of plain, cheap clothes. <laughs> and they're still really awkward around each other. And so they end up just sitting on a bench, talking about the weather. <laughs> and they both think at about the same time. I, I can't think of anything else to talk about. <laughs> Anyways, um... Oh yeah, that's right, um... So the Vatican guy and Claris, they've been operating out of a uh, a love hotel for a little while. 
Don't those charge by the hour? Probably. Wouldn't they are the expensive? Vatican. They are the Vatican, so... <laughs> In any case, it, it's just... It's funny. <laughs> because the Vatican dude meets them outside. He's like, okay, come on in. And Yuma and Lucilla are like, no, we're not, we're not going in there. <laughs> do you, do you understand what it would look like if you, if you brought me and this little girl into the love hotel? <laughs> oh, they're at least aware of the visual. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he, and he's like, oh my God, I had no idea this was a den of sin and debauchery. <laughs> Oh, so he's just an idiot. Yes, he is absolutely a complete idiot. He, 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 he throws off feelings of being, like, malicious at first. But no, he's just, he's just an idiot. A complete idiot. Uh, right, the, uh, the, of the, like, high priests of Shintoism. I don't think are... there are actual, like, high priests. <laughs> I know, but, like, the, the local, the high priests of the local sect. Okay. Like, we're going to have to tell Matsui about her mom. But what happened to her mom? Because we know what happened to her mom. Anyways, so Matsui and her dad go up to uh, to the totally not the Tokyo Sky Tower. <laughs> that's, uh, that's in their town. And they get ambushed by a demon with ice powers, who freezes the entire observation deck and then surrounds the entire tower with uh, with a force field. So the temperature is steadily going down. It's mentioned multiple times to be below freezing. And they're up there for, like, a while. I mean, Matui is fine because she has magic. But the downside is she can't go to a higher dimension. Because it's magic ice. Oh no, not the magic ice. Anyways, so Claris and... Uh, Claris and Yuma team up to go... Break down the barrier. And so what they end up doing is... Yuma transforms into her, into her defensive mode. And then Claris shoots her with lightning to throw her at the force field. Okay. And then, so, Claris goes... She goes beyond what is capable by basic means. It, it never comes up again. Never... Well, I mean, she cracks her, like... Because there, there's, like, a crystal in her briefcase that pops out whenever she transforms. And it, it cracks when she does this. <clears throat> But uh, while that comes up, her like the power she gets right now never come up again. Anyway, so the Ice Knight, um, there, there's a bit, there's a uh, hole in the barrier, so now Matoi can use her superpowers, so she, the, so she beats up the demon. But she doesn't kill it, and it tries to possess her dad. I guess tries being the operative word tries being the operative word. Like, it goes in all the way, and then it gets kicked out, and then hugged to death by her mom. Oh, wait, her mom's, al oh, her mom's alive? 
it's complicated. It's complicated. So it's, it's it's more like just like a remnant of her spirit, I guess. It's complicated. So her mom's ghost shows up. Basically. And Matsui's like, oh my god, my mom really was a magical girl. <laughs> Are you a magical girl if you're like a presumably 30-year-old woman? Fair enough. Anyway, so we go on to episode 10. Um... <clears throat> And so, uh, we start off, hang on, trying to, did, did that happen at the beginning of episode 10? I don't know. Anyway, so we start off with Montoy's dad in the hospital for some minor frostbite, but he's totally fine. <laughs> like, he doesn't need more than a couple hours of rest. In any case, there's a there's a there's a hole in the sky. That's uh, that's slowly widening now. And now the the partner of the ice demon is shows up, and he's a fire demon. And he's talking with some dude named Set, who uh, who's also a demon. Who we've heard mentioned before by uh, by Creed Killer, and so this set guy sends this fire demon off to go fight Matsui and crew, and uh, and everybody everybody starts going like, "Hey, this uh, this hole in the sky seems a lot like what happened ten years ago." Which, uh, ten years ago was also when uh, Matoi's mom disappeared. Oh. Anyways, so now everybody but Matoi's dad gets gathered up to, uh, to finally learn the truth of what happened to Matoi's mom. Which, basically, uh, a gate to hell was opening up she went into the gate from hell uh, to prevent it from expanding and consuming reality and destroying the third dimension and merging all dimensions into one. And so now that this thing is happening again, someone else has to go to the highest dimension to go close the gate to hell. And it has to be, it has to be Matsui. And everybody's really solemn and sad. And then uh, the Vatican gets attacked by uh, by a bunch of knights who destroyed all of the anti-creeds, uh, gods, regalia, magical girl outfits. So now Claris is the only one with a magical girl outfit left. And she has to fight the uh, the fire demon guy who is who literally melts things in his presence. Quote: He's melting them with light and heat. I believe that's how fire works. Yes, yes, I know. 
any case, uh, Matui, Matui had her time moping, and so now she's got resolve, determination, and so now she has a sword and a shield. It's a shorter sword, but now she has a sword and shield. Uh, so as we find out, Claris can only go as high as the 12th dimension, while Matui can go up to as high as the 15th dimension. And she kicks the fire demon's ass. It, it, oh, by the way, his name is Ludos, but it really does. It literally doesn't matter because he dies in like five seconds. Oh right, and Creed Killer shows back up. It's been a while since we uh, heard about that guy. Yeah, apparently he lost an arm. Lost an arm. Yeah, he was disintegrated, and only and then all that happened is he lost an arm. <laughs> Anyway, so the uh, the person who is who is stated to be set is actually not set. He's fake. The real set is dead. Uh, so whoever it is sheds sheds that form and turns into like a glowing person form thing, and like disappears. And Creed Killer has no idea who that is. And neither do we. And then, at the end of the episode, we see Matui's dad pull a gun on his partner. Oh, no. And, and the last thing he asks before the episode ends is, What are you? And so episode 11 starts with a quick flashback to uh, when Matsui and her dad were finally living together again. Like, they met, at, they met at the train station, and they're being all awkward and stuff. Like, oh, happy family stuff, happy family noises, yay. And now we cut back to the scene that we left off on. Matui's dad has pulled a gun on his partner, and he's like, Why are you after my daughter? What are you? The only... The, the only... He's like, there's only a few people who knew the, the magical girl's true identity and that we were going on vacation. There's just like a whole bunch of deductive logic. It makes reasonable sense. Also, apparently, uh, Pochi himself faked a, uh, a, a, a report of uh, something or other. Probably one of the uh, Magical Girl incidents. And of course, Pochi has no idea what's going on. And, of course, the damning moment uh, where he's he's holding a gun to his partner and he ends, like, the, uh, the deductive analysis by saying, I'm not speaking with you as a police officer. I'm speaking with you as a father. And so he shoots his partner. But, of course... It doesn't take, because 
Pochi summons a force field to block the bullet. Oh no. And it turns out Pochi was important the entire time. I mean, I kind of figured they were. With them just, like, showing up. Yeah. In any case, so, uh, as it turns out, he has been possessed by the glowing person who was disguised as Set. Uh, he has no idea that the person possessing him exists. And he has no idea that uh, of any of the things that the person possessing him did while he was unconscious. Uh, this glowing person... is, like, saying that he's been guiding Matsui this entire time. Like, he, he's the one who set everything up so that she would become a magical girl. Okay. And... He's like, the magical girls will decide who lives and who dies. <laughs> and then he dissolves his body into golden light and disappears and naturally Matui's dad's just like what the fuck was, was that a joke that's gotta be a joke that, that, that can't be real in any case now everybody's like getting ready for the final battle and stuff Matui's saying her piece uh, Claris is being told you'll never fight at your full potential. Yuma is unconscious while her dad and her grandpa are drinking alcohol and being all morose and like, eh, let's just let the world be destroyed. Who cares? But the water dragon lady uh, gives, gives Matui a pep talk. And Matui's like, yeah, I'm going to go kick ass, take names. But before she does that, she has to go stop by uh, a nearby hospital and uh, heal all the people who were injured by the demons that possessed them. She can do that? A apparently she can do that. I'm not entirely certain how. Ugh. <sighs> And then the next morning, Matui's uh, trying to be very quiet as she's going off to her presumably death. And at this point, her dad basically knows everything, but doesn't let on that he knows everything. So there's actually a kind of kind of tear-jerking moments when uh, when he's like saying, "See you later." And she's like running off to go Die. hang out with. Yeah, well, she's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go hang out with some friends, pick somebody up from uh, from somewhere. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. I'll see you when you get back. Uh, what do you want from what do you want for dinner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. And so as she's running away and he's just like breaking down, crying. Because as far as he knows, he's about to lose his daughter. 
this in to literally the same thing that he lost his wife to. And then uh, we see Claris rocking up, heading out. Even though she can't go to the highest dimension, she's determined to help go help Matsui because she wants to and to protect what's important to her. Gah, why is uh, why isn't this a romance? It feels like it should be a romance. <laughs> this bothers me so much. In any case, Yuma and Claris and Matsui all meet up, and Matsui's wearing the really, the really nice outfit that her dad bought her uh, at the flea market that one day. And it's gonna be incinerated instantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, she's gotta like keep, keep that. Keep that uh, that part of her next to her heart, and so they transform and they leap up into the air, and that's the end of episode eleven. So now we got episode twelve, the final episode, fucking finally. Jesus Christ, took way too long to get here. And so we start. So we start in a trippy, trippy ass corridor, dimensional corridor thing. They're like going through gates and portals and stuff and they're like flying through the air. And Matsui has a flashback to her mom cooking curry. And we get an explanation for why she calls her dad by his first name because her mom did. Or whatever, I'm not sure. In any case, uh, they get to the 12th dimension uh, before they get kicked out of the dimensional uh, corridor by Creed Killer. Uh, Claris has to fight Creed Killer while Matui and Yuma go on ahead. Naturally, since Claris is uh, uh, suitcase thing is getting fucked up, is all kinds of fucked up. She's basically fucked. And her outfit is slowly disintegrating. Uh, meanwhile, in the real world, uh, all over the world, people are being possessed by knights. And, like, acting like zombies, basically. Because <laughs> they're, like, they're all coming out of the, the gate to hell in the sky. And so all of the priests and priestesses of the Shinto shrine of the area have to go out and be, like, exorcists and stuff. In any case, uh, Creed Killer traps Claris in a, uh, in a bubble. He's just like, nah, I don't have to kill you. I can just sit here and wait for your armor to disappear. And once it does, that's the only thing allowing you to exist in this dimension. So therefore, once it goes away, <laughs> you will cease to exist. Well, dang. Yeah, it's a little grim. Is that how but that works? I have no fucking idea. In any case, uh, Claris ends up uh, unlocking the true power of her god at the last moment. And she gets uh, an outfit change. So she goes from a... Uh, basically, she just changes the uh, the uh, the color scheme. And it's like her cloak goes from like a straight cloak 
just like a flat cloak to a nice billowy, almost feathery cloak. And she gets uh, white and blue colored armor. It's pretty, it's pretty cool looking. And so she kills Creed Killer. And then she catches up to Matui and Yuma in the 15th dimension, fighting a bunch of knights. And Pochi is still alive as we pop back to the real world again. Uh, he's standing on top of the not totally not Tokyo Sky Tower, philosophizing about every, about you know normal people and humans who live in the third dimension. Uh, Matsui's dad decides, hey, I'm gonna go be a cop and help people. Uh, and all right, and so Pochi. Up while he's philosophizing, he, he reveals that there's apparently been an endless cycle of destruction and rebirth of the third dimension until uh, Matui's mom stopped that from happening again. So now we hop back to the dimensional corridor where Matui and friends are trying to break through to the highest dimension. But, you know, naturally, since Yuma and Claris aren't strong enough. Their, uh, their outfits start to disintegrate, but Matui is able to push through and get to the highest dimension, which is kind of like a just a giant void. It's kind of like a, I'm not really. It's just it's just a giant void that she's kind of walking through, and there's some random lights, and then she finds uh, then she finds her mom's protection charm. And then things get really trippy. How trippy? Okay, so let me just let me just fucking send you a picture of it. I will describe it as best I can. Okay, so it's, like so it's circle... some sort of avant-garde music video. Yeah, kind of. So like, there's a okay. It's it's called a gate. They call it a gate, but it's basically like a. It looks kind of like a wind chime in the middle of uh, infinite, an infinite hallway cylinder thing that's like doing that weird thing where of like a kaleidoscope but only one color and there's these gems floating everywhere and the gate itself is CGI but the background is only like kind of CGI. Uh, and we find out that uh, that that's that's actually that the gate that looks like a wind chime that's actually Matsui's mom. Huh. Yeah. Neat. Yeah. And uh, evil Pochi is like she is she is the gate, and if you want to keep. If you want to keep the uh, if you want to keep the world from being destroyed, you will have to become part of the gate as well. And then things get really weird because she goes not back in time, but into into a weird dreamscape where it's is both back in time and not. Don't you just hate it when that happens? Yeah, and she talks to her mom, and she's like, "It's all right, mom. I turned out okay. <laughs> also gonna die." But yeah. you know. And then we uh we cut to the real world. 
as she's she touches the gates and she's and we cut to the real world and everything's going fuck <laughs> like all of reality is warping like this like this okay <laughs> yeah it looks very uncomfortable and then and then Matsui and her mom have uh, lightly censored new mother-daughter bonding experience in a kaleidoscope in space. And everything goes really wonky. And then everything's back to normal. Okay, then. That's the lightly censored mother-daughter bonding experience. They look pretty much the same. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they do. And the animation goes really wonky right there. Like, they turn it, they kind of like turn into liquid a bit. Anyway, so uh, Evil Pochi is like, how strange. She called the gods of all dimensions to herself so that she would gain the power to change how the entire world is constructed and prevent the apocalypse. So this is basically the ending of Madoka Magica. Yes. Spoiler alert. Yes. <laughs> I mean, this show came out in 2013, but, you know, spoiler <laughs> alert, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's that, except they didn't create a new world. They just changed how the world worked. Sort of. Because there's still demons and stuff. Oh, right. And <laughs> and once uh, once evil Pochi releases control of normal Pochi, <laughs> he's, he's, he's like, what have I been doing this whole time? Holy crap, how did I get, get up on this building? I'm scared. Please, someone call, call an ambulance. Help me down. <laughs> Because remember, he's a coward. <laughs> Anyways, and so we see a silhouette of Matawi and her mom walking out of the highest dimension, I guess. And then Matawi's dad is back at his house, and he and he wakes up. He's like, man, I had the weirdest dream. And, like, your mom disappeared, and then you disappeared, and everything was all fucked. And then, and then your mom came back, and it was awesome, and... I don't, I don't know what the fuck happened. And then... <laughs> then... Uh, Matui's mom's like, Your dream came true! I am alive! <laughs> He's like, Wait, what? Seriously? Is it really you? You look just like you. <laughs> Actually, come to think of it, you haven't changed at all. It's been a decade and you haven't changed whatsoever. What the fuck? <laughs> Because, you know, she's been trapped in... A kaleidoscope? Weird... Yeah, she's been trapped in the kaleidoscope for ten years. So she hasn't aged a day. And uh, and then we we get to see uh, Clarice and Yuma outside in their magical girl outfits shortly before they disintegrate. Them yes. or their, just their outfits? Just their outfits. Just their okay. outfits. No, okay. no, no worries. No worries. <laughs> for a second, I thought they just got no. Thanos. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, no. Anyways, and so the family sits down and they eat curry together. Yay! Was there too much cumin in the curry? 
Not this time, because her mom made it. <laughs> Anyways, and so now we cut. Now we've now we've got like the uh, the ending and like. And we're we're getting the where are they now? I guess, but it's more like, just uh, everybody's going back to their old lives. Pochi is continues to suck, and uh, Claris got on a plane and went back to the Vatican. And Matsui's working as a shrine maiden again. And, uh, <laughs> and so, you know, since her parents have not seen each other in 10 years, but, you know, they still like each other, so they're being really, really lovey-dovey. And so Yuma's dad is like, oh, I think they might give uh, Matsui a younger brother or sister very soon. And then Yuma's mom's like, maybe we should do the same. <laughs> And Matui's like, oh my god, what the fuck? This isn't normal. And then it turns out, and then Matui thought she lost her god, but then it turns out she still had had it. So she gets turned back, so she gets turned into a magical girl by Yuma when she comes up. She's like, hey, we gotta go fight demons. Yeah. And she drags her off. She's like, I don't, I, I'm not actually happy. <laughs> I'm not actually happy with the, this 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 situation, and they go flying off, and that's the end. That's the end of the series. Ugh. So, something I, something that I wanted to tell you because I I have you know, my anime list stuff open. I'm just clicking yes. through it while you're while you're talking about this. So for for this show, the person who voices. Uh, Matui, right? Yeah, main character, red hair. Hey, guess who else she voices? Um, who? The horse in Lance in Mass. <gasps> no, 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 no! Why? Why? Why would you do this to me? Why? I, I have been sitting on that for like an hour. Oh my god, why? <laughs> guess guess what else she's in? Oh god, what? Comet Lucifer. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm looking at her page now and yeah, she's uh she's the driver guy. She's she also Chris in Konosuba. Really? Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. She's Mikazaki? Who? Mikazaki August from Iron Blooded Orphans. <laughs> What? <gasps> what? Which one's that? Gundam. Hopes no, I understand Iron what Iron Blood North is. I'm saying, which one is? He's he's the pilot of Barbatos. Oh, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. What the fuck? <laughs> that that's cursed. That's that's fucking cursed. <laughs> that's so fucking cursed. Yeah. <laughs> I just I just saw the Lance and Mask in a tree. God, Lance and Mask gives me the same same reaction as Eleven Eyes. Ugh. I just I see anything related to it. I just go. Ugh. I just I just saw that. I'm like, oh, oh, I know what I have to bring up. <sighs> Anyways, so yeah. 
Matui the Sacred Slayer. It's it's fine. It's fine. I, I, I can't I can't rate it any higher than fine. It's competent. It doesn't the animation is of not great quality at times. Like characters will go off model on occasion. I mean White Fox does have some issues with that. Yeah, so that so it's it's a known that's a known factor. Uh, and sometimes the music doesn't entirely match up with the vocal or with the or with the uh what am I saying? I don't even know what I'm saying. It's just got I'm 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 done with this series. I don't want to think I I don't want to think about it anymore. When I was watching it earlier this week, I mentioned to you how I just felt like it was a chore to watch. Yeah. Especially the first arc especially, it's a chore. And it's really frustrating that it it feels like it's setting us up for a very different show because the first four episodes are very like boom 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 one uh, one thing after another. And then up through episode like nine or like through episode eight I guess episode nine technically part of it it's it settles into a kind of almost episodic thing where it's like they're dealing with one thing per episode and they're also doing other stuff and then and then the last arc which is again one thing after another high stakes crazy shit and it's just oh it's a lot it's a lot <sighs> i mean i will say i was willing to watch the last four episodes in one sitting i was interested enough to do that but i was also i was also just like i want to get i want to be done with this series and I I gotta think like if if this is a ripoff of Nanoha am I gonna enjoy Nanoha? God I I don't know but I I don't know I'm trying to I'm trying to think of like any other big stuff I mean there's really nothing to say about this show it's it's a magical girl show and it's not a magical girl show that's a rip off of uh, of Madoka Magica aside from the, the finale obviously so yeah I mean it, I guess if you like magical girl shows Check it out. If you like dark magical girl, magical girl shows, you can eat it. Wait, 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 wait. What? No way. What? Hang on. One of the side characters is voiced by... Okay, what the fuck? Hang on. I gotta... Which character? Mother, mother, motherfucker. <laughs> Yayoi Amane, voiced by Takagaki Ayahi. 
aka Yukine Chris from Symphogear. Gear. Dun dun dun. We got a motherfucking Symphogear Gear connection. <laughs> a motherfucking Symphogear Gear connection. Dude. Also, that pink haired girl in Sora Online. The what? The pink haired girl. I don't know. You talked about the main character or her mom? What? Oh, are you're talking about Takagaki? Yes. Okay, I'm sorry. The same I person was... you were literally just talking it's like, about. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. She's a good voice actor. I like her. Oh, hey, she she was Shirley in Fate Zero. Who? Shirley. Hang on. I can't find the Fs. <laughs> okay, yeah, I found it. Shirley, Shirley, Shirley. You remember Shirley. Right. Shirley, you remember Shirley. Right, now I remember. It's been a while since I watched Fate Zero, so... And she's also Henrietta from, uh... From Log Horizon. That's the, uh, the like, assistant accountant lady. That's cool. That's Is she cool. the one with that's the ninja cool. fetish? Yes, that's the one with the ninja fetish. <laughs> oh, and she's in Gundam Double O. Oh, nice. She's felt. Nice. I like that character. Nice, nice, nice. I'm trying to see who else. Uh, who else does she voice? I don't know any of these other people. I don't know any of the other shows. Okay, so yeah, that's uh, Matui the Sacred Slayer. Uh, uh, Eli, any thoughts? I mean, that just sounds... I mean, it doesn't sound bad. doesn't sound awful. That's good. My but... interest is peaked enough to where I might have watched it, but at this point, no. I've already spoiled everything for you. Yeah, I feel like there's nothing, there's no point in watching it. It doesn't seem like it's good enough to be watched on its own merits. Like, the last arc, I would say, is good enough to be watched on its own merits, but it's the kind of thing where you gotta watch through everything else. Everything else to get the build-up to that moment. So you're like, okay, I understand who these people are, what they're doing, and why they're doing it. But everything before that is just so tedious. So tedious. And also, it feels like it's set up for a second season. It probably was. It's It's been four years. They're not getting a second season. Not with that attitude. But the first half isn't good enough to like hold up the second half, in my opinion. And that's that's where this show fails. Do you think uh, it really yeah. deserves a six point seven three? No. I mean, I'm I I I understand that that's on most normal people's rating scales. Yeah. Like a seven is average. Yeah. Which I don't 
understand. Hey, if it works, then it. Let's see. If it, if you can watch it, then it's not a one. If if you can watch it without your eyes bleeding, then it's a three. If you can watch it without your eyes bleeding, and you can understand what they're saying, it's a four. You skipped over the number two entirely. No, I said two. If you can. No, watch you it, didn't. You skipped yes, straight from one to three. I don't think so. I said if it's uh, if you can, if it if it plays, if the movie plays, it's a two. <clears throat> I don't know. I've been I've been talking for two hours at this point. Yes, you have. Oh fuck. Okay, so let's see here. Let me just two and a half check. hours. God damn. Uh, this is this is this is the longest episode. Ah, I spent too much. I I got too in. I got too into the weeds in the first half. I shouldn't have. Gah. I mean, if you, I'm sure once you start cutting out every time I farted. <laughs> In any case, that's Sacred Slayer Matsui, and so I guess next week, next week, we're gonna, we'll hopefully be talking about Gate. It, well, just the first half of, the first twelve episodes or so. We're gonna, gonna be gonna... talking about Gate. As much as we can stomach. Yes. We're not going to be talking about... Uh, we're not going to... We're not going to say you should watch Gate. In fact, we're, we're, we're actively saying you should not watch Gate. And we will give you some pretty good reasons why. Next time. Next because time. Jesus, Jesus fucking Christ, Gate. <laughs> why... You, you've asked this several times. Why is it a star fort? The question that keeps me up at night. <laughs> Seriously, why is it a star fort? It's, it's, there's no reason for it. Whatever, we'll talk about this next week. This has been Anime Stroganoff. Thanks for listening. <laughs>